two hours of after hours, and then your Sunday slate begins. We'll dive into some of the games today that are of note. Talk about this Chiefs and Raiders matchup. 417, lock it up, man. Come on. Lock up that hate. Maybe Cornell Powell will get some playing time today. Ha ha. There's no way he's worse than Sky No More. Yeah, I mean, look. It'll be interesting to see how this offense looks. And we'll talk a lot about that. But uh, can we talk about this beautiful day that we're having? Right? I know it's going to be only a high of 37, but, man, it, it, it looks gorgeous. We got a good view. Snow snow in a pine tree just hits different, you it, know. It does post, it for you. Post Thanksgiving, you know. Yeah. I mean, it really is kind of interesting. We go, <laughs> we go Thanksgiving. It's nice, decent, good day. Like low to mid 40s, sunny. Traveling's nice. And then it's just like out of nowhere, it's like, hey, here's some snow. And here's the thing when it was snowing. It's a wet snow. It's a very heavy. Usually we don't get this. Usually it's just like that flurries and it's, you know, yeah. snow drift and all that. This is some heavy. This is snowball snow. Yeah. Finally had to get the old scraper out this morning. Yeah. Kind of kind of didn't like that. Um, but I'm okay with it. I like this is like the perfect amount of snow. If you were to ask me. Like, if you're like, hey, it's going to snow, this is what I want. I don't need, like, the eight inches of snow or, like, the four inches of snow or what is it, the, the like, thunder snow that we get every once This is, idealistically, my kind of snow. Because this is enough to where, like, if you do have, like, little chilling, you know, outside, they want to go play, perfect amount, right? It's not going to go up to their hips. They can go out there and slide around in it. Perfect amount. Fantasy pick, draft one, snow, this. <laughs> there you go. Because, look, the roads are fine, right? It looks like it's all been paved out. Now, obviously, Kansas's, uh snow system to me is better than Missouri's. It's always crazy when I come uh, from 470 to 435 night and day. Yeah. Now, this morning, obviously, was a little chewy with the roads because it had, you know, I think it stopped at like 1 in the morning. But, uh, you know, kind of gives you that that it's, it's winter. This is uh, sitting inside mm-hmm. eating chili kind of day. Yeah, we did like a potato soup last night. See, the perfect. Yeah. Perfect day for that. Yeah, that was a that was a solid one last night. The roommate and I we had a like a potato sausage kale soup. You might think that's gross, but No, that's was, good. It was it was Make legit. that in the, you know, you can make that in the pressure cooker. Just mm-hmm. throw everything in there, mm-hmm. move aside. Little, no, that's good. Little red potatoes diced up. Little cheese, little kale. I don't little... think this is the first time we've talked about soup on the show. <laughs> no, but we're in prime soup season. No, no, soup season's great. We're here. Soup. I I love a meal that I can just throw in one pot or pan or pressure cooker and mm. then just walk away for you know two hours and call it good. Mm. That's my favorite kind of meal. Good little broccoli cheddar day, a little tortellini Italian soup, a little chili. We might have to ask the text line to to power rank some soup. Yeah, if you say chicken noodle, you're banned. <laughs> That's unless a basic answer. Unless it's like the homemade, like organic style chicken noodle soup, then I'll I'll jam with that. Here's here's how my dad likes to uh, when we have like rotisserie chickens and stuff. Mm-hmm. He'll save the bones. Oh yeah, and then he'll make a chicken stock for his chicken noodle soup. See now that's legit. Like I'm I'm hanging out with that. I'll hang out with Papa Quentin if he's making that sort of. Yeah, stuff. he'll be like, remember, kids, don't throw the bones away. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you're a creep. Yep. Getting everybody's. Did you have a good Thanksgiving, by the way? I did, yes. Yeah. I got to hang out with people I enjoy hanging out with, and that's okay. not a majority of my family. Got to hang out with uh, some Friendsgiving type deal. Okay. It was good. 
Did you get loose on your Friendsgiving? Dusty, I'm always loose. I just get looser. Oh, all right. Dangerous. That's a dangerous thing to say. As you uh, allude to the text line for their soup rankings, they already start to come in. You bring up food on the text line, and people are champing at the bit to get in here and start talking to you about food. I don't know if you saw this or not. Did a little TV session with Fox 4 on Friday. I ate a leftover uh, turkey sandwich, and me and the guy that made it did Lady in the Tramp style and ate it together. Oh, my God. <laughs> Live television, baby. That's out in the world now. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was great. They the question a, is, whose idea was it? Mine. That, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I looked him dead in the eye and said, you want a Lady in the Tramp this thing at the same time? He just said, let's do it. So we did it. Uh, can't take it back now. Uh, never a dull moment is what I was told uh, from their producer on that show whenever I get in there. Um, but, no, the sandwich was interesting. He had a waffle maker, and he put stuffing in the waffle maker, and then he put, like, a, like a honey butter on the, on the bottom with arugula, and then he put, a, like, a thick old slice of cranberry sauce on there, like, out of the jar, but, like, cut in quarter inches, and then turkey left over, top of the waffle, smash. Yeah, I mean, stuffing is just bread. Ugh. A lot of other things, like celery, onion. Right, right. You use, like, a chicken stock to do it. Um, Headed out back to work in Indiana, listening to the show, waiting for the edibles to hit Go Chiefs Baby. Praise God. Somebody says, my wife makes an amazing broccoli cheese with Velveeta. Believe it. See, there you go. Yeah, I like a broccoli soup. But I need a baguette. I need, like, a French baguette to dip that thing in, you know? I have to rank soup slash chilies. I'm going to go white bean chicken chili soup first, chicken tortilla soup, then baked potato soup. Not mad about any of those selections. And then the next one says beer cheese soup, turkey dumplings, and clam chata. Oh, God. It's so good. I Here's the thing. Are you, a, are you a bean in chili or no bean in chili kind of guy? I think they call the beanless chili Texas style. I, I have... I would never heard about it until I was up at school and I was making chili and uh, a friend of mine just like lost it because he's like, you put you put kidney beans in your chili. That's not real chili. Mm -hmm. And I was like, first of all, you can take a step back. And if you don't like it, don't eat my chili. Mm -hmm. Somebody says you go to Panera to buy baguettes with the broccoli cheese. Absolutely. Like when they're like, what would you like? Uh, Baguette, chips or an apple? Baguette. Yeah, because then you dip it in there. Mm. Jay Binkley at 11.15 or 11.30 will depend on where he's at in the building. He is already here as he is the busiest man on a Sunday. Uh, Dusty Likens, Quentin with you. This is After Hours. I want to talk a little bit about this Raiders-Chiefs game before we do get into what the Chiefs have done wrong. Um, In the next segment, I want to talk about what they can do to make it right in this game against the Raiders. It is no secret in my mind that this town is frustrated with the production on the offensive side for the Kansas City Chiefs as well. It should be, right? We talked a little bit about this in after hours. Look, the Chiefs haven't scored in the second half in three consecutive games, right? They've been outscored by the Chicago Bears in the second half this season. It's not great. Now, there is a little bit of what I would consider maybe more negative towards that in certain games. When they play the Miami Dolphins in Germany, which is where we said the schedule really ramped up and where the season really began was when they played that game in Frankfurt, 
they went up 21-0 in the first half. They were spotted three touchdowns. Now, would it have been nice to maybe get, you know, would it have been nice to get a field goal or maybe a touchdown to see some more breathing room? Obviously. They didn't need to, though. Now, the final score was 21-14. It would have been nice to get it, but they didn't necessarily need to score in that second half. I get it. Hindsight is 20-20, but again, that's where the problem lies with this offense, right? This is where you want to see things change because it, it, it doesn't seem as if they can't get it figured out. It just seems that they're not adjusting to what's they're – not, they're not adjusting to what's been adjusted. The Chiefs come out in the first 15 every single week, and it looks crispy. It looks, you know, whatever. Obviously, there are three announcements that make you confused, but then it seems like everything is – well orchestrated. And then when they go to halftime, it appears the other team is adjusting to what they have done, and the Chiefs are trying to continue to do the same thing. The other thing that seems to have a lot of frustration with a lot of people citywide is that they don't give Isaiah Pacheco the ball after the first half. Maybe that's the case. But I trust in this offense, and it's, it's, it's been worrisome, right, because you, you haven't played necessarily the greatest teams, but Philadelphia is good, Right. And in the first half, the Chiefs were very more dominant than the Philadelphia Eagles. Five sacks, one takeaway. You thought they had maybe figured out Jalen Hurts. And then their offense adjusted to your defense. And there was one play where I think it was, it was uh, Jalen Hurts is running into the end zone play where it appeared that they had shown blitz on the left side. Hurts read it. He ran in. Somebody asked earlier, Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen this week. Jalen Hurts playing a bad Chargers team. I think you got to trust it, right? Just, just trust it. Philadelphia, or no, they're playing the Bills, Bills and Bills and 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 Philadelphia. So play Jalen Hurts over Josh Allen. Just, just go with Jalen Hurts. Anytime touchdown, nine and one record, trust it. But again, you look at what this Chiefs offense has lacked, right? And the biggest thing that it's lacked is somebody to step up and say, "Feed me the rock, trust me with the rock." Mahomes, look my way, get on the same page, and catch the damn ball. Right, we can we can have that discussion. I get it. There, you can have the the argument of like they're paid athletes; they should know how to catch the football. They're in the NFL. Totally get it. Twenty six drops on the season, disgusting. Not great. It's an elephant in the room that has to be that has to be addressed. Right, you have to have that sort of problem fixed. Catching the ball, you can't blame the quarterback on that. Right, like there's a pick six in week one that's a deflected ball that caused a loss in your team. And there's other things that have caused losses on this team. But somebody has to be the guy. Partially, I think the guy that needs to be it is Rasheed Rice. But where that also has to lean on is the trust and the ability for the coaches to let him be that guy. I think Rasheed Rice can be your number one option at wide receiver. I think he should be your number one option at wide receiver. You just have to have him out there for more than 40% of the plays. You have to. And the best way the Chiefs can do that, in my opinion, is incorporate the run. Let them believe you're going to run the ball. Because Travis Kelsey, for the remainder of time, as long as he is in the NFL and on this roster, will always be double covered. Or he's going to get blown up at the line. The man is 34. He's not 31 anymore. He's getting older. Injuries are tacked on. Soreness is there. We've seen it all season. Missed game one. Was iffy game two. Ankle injury against Minnesota in that game. Kind of looked a little hobbly in the last game against Philadelphia. He's getting beat up. Somebody step up and say, I'm your guy. Trust in me. I want it to be number four. 
You're playing a Raiders team this week that you should beat for the love of you know what. You're eight and a half point favorites on the road. The Raiders have won, what, two of their last three games. They hung in there with Miami on the road, right? They're not afraid of anybody right now. That's not their mentality. It has shifted with Antonio Pierce as their head coach. Now, one thing to take of note, Max Crosby is a game-time decision, going to try to play, probably will be out there. You'll see the tatted-up dude that wears 98. Try to get him Mahomes' head. We know that doesn't work. But look, fix the minor issues. Stop dropping the ball. Somebody step up and incorporate the run a little bit more and trust your team to develop around that and adjust to the adjusted. Have adjustments ready. And if the first half playbook is out, get creative. Trust your offensive mind in Andy Reid and trust your quarterback and Patrick Mahomes to develop something in the second half because you've got to start scoring the second half. Whether it's seven, whether it's six, trust your defense and give a break because they can't do it all. They can win you a Super Bowl, but they're going to need a little bit of help, a little bit of help on that offensive side to where they can go out in the second half and trust that offense to get at least 10. I don't need you to go out there and score 28 and 28 and win, you know, 56 to 10. But I'd like to see you go out there and win 27 to 10 and be at halftime 17 to 3. Go score 10 in the second half. That's what you need to do. Show us that it's changed. Give the belief in the system. The other thing that you have to believe is stop beating yourself. To me, in my opinion, I talked about it Wednesday, no one has beaten the Chiefs but the Chiefs. And I'll explain that on the other side. Listen, after hours of 610 Sports Radio. We'll get Jay Binkley in here eventually a little bit later on as he's uh, pining to rip off some sports takes. Big college weekend this weekend. Uh, next week is championship week. Uh, so we go from rivalry week to championship week. Uh, was a very fun college football night last night. Last night was one of those nights where I wish college uh, football had red zone. Because I was kind of doing it myself. I had uh, the remote. And I had all the games like where I knew they were going to be. And it was just like a quick flip back and forth. The uh, back button. Yep. Very helpful. Very much so. Do you like to do it yourself, Quinn? Um, I, I, I'm now one of those people that watches multiple games at once now. And I'm not to the point in my life yet where I'm admitting it's a problem. Okay. Um, so Carrington has these uh, slang flashcards in here. So I just, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, they're called slang flashcards. And the first one I got was Jockin. J-O-C-K-I-N. Jockin. Is there like uh, mm-hmm. like an apostrophe between Jock and in? I feel like that's that's the way it has to be spelled, it's right? A, it's at the very end. Yeah. Oh, okay. J-O-C-K-I-N apostrophe. It says jockin. It is flirting or hitting on, spitting game, cupcaking, vibing on, crushing Cupcaking. on. Yeah. Mac Daddy is another way of saying it. Imitating or copying. Um, the quote that it gives is, quote, everyone at the reunion will be jocking me on my big bow. <laughs> so if you're, you know, jocking on a girl, that means you're flirting or you're hitting on her. Or you think she's attractive or cute. Ladies, same thing for a guy. If you're jocking on that dude, you're liking what that dude's throwing out. I don't know if I would ever use that word without the context of saying what that word means. Ugh. Um, so as the day progresses, obviously news will come out, quotes will come out. Uh, Diana Rossini had this to say about 45 minutes ago, head coach Andy Reid admitted the team has to pick it up in the second half and behind the scenes, the chiefs 
self-scouted. The staff worked on putting the best players in better situations. They reviewed coverage adjustments with their younger wideouts so they, quote, play fast and not have to think. What does that mean to you? I love when NFL coaches get to the point where they can say a hundred words and it means nothing. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. Yeah. That's coach speak. That's, hey, we uh, we didn't play well, mm-hmm. and uh, this week we're going to try and play better. Right. That's what that means. When someone says we self-scouted, that means we did our job during the week, and we realized that we didn't play what we want to play up to, so mm-hmm. we're going to be different this week. Well, congratulations. I do the same thing when I play Madden. Mm. It just seems like it's week 12. Like that's what the team is. Like it's inconsistent in the wideout room. Just try to try to lessen the inconsistency. Be more consistent in the inconsistency failures. Like that's just, the problem. The yeah. problem is you've been consistently inconsistent. If you know who's bad mm-hmm. or who's mediocre, then you know how to adjust to that. But if you don't know who's mediocre, then mm-hmm. it's hard to adjust to that. So let's take MVS as an example, right? Yeah. He can make that. We know he can make that big play, mm-hmm. right? We know that he's capable of being the over-the-top guy. But when you're not sure if he's going to actually catch the ball, then it makes it difficult to pull the trigger on that. That's why Watson mm-hmm. had 11 targets, the same amount as Tyreek Hill last week, because he's the most consistent of them, even though he's objectively less talented. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody, every team needs a Justin Watson on their team. But when you're inconsistently inconsistent and you can't trust them, then that's what makes this so frustrating for the team. Yeah. Like if MVS drops that ball in the third quarter with eight minutes left, no big deal. Yeah, just move on with your life. Punt right. it and move on. But the problem with the Chiefs in that game, and again, where I you know, segue into this topic is, to me, there's not been a team that's beaten the Chiefs other than the Chiefs themselves. And you can, you can go through the games they've lost. There's only been three. And I think when you look at the grand scheme of things, there is frustration within what has been, what we've said, just the consistent inconsistency that is dropped passes, that is failed third and ones, that is random, you know, offensive setups when even like the text line says, you need to start having Noah Gray stuff up or step up to the plate. Yeah. I I mean, if you, if you want to run that double tight end set and you know, Travis Kelsey is going to be double coverage, then you need to trust that Noah Gray or Blake Bell can get that little five yard first down. Also stop messing around on third and one go five wide. If you want to, I also think it's time to get Jarek McKinnon back involved in the offense because well, he's hurt. Is he? Yeah, he's out this game. Well, way to be productive there, Quentin. Yeah. No, uh, Jarek McKinnon's out, so Clyde Edwards-Rolaire are probably going to get those uh, those numbers today as well as Isaiah Pacheco, which means if you want to see a lot of Isaiah Pacheco, this is the game to do it, right? And Batman says, play with the red swag that the kingdom is yearning for. Trust Andy, trust Spags, trust Veach. Use their system. Guide the way. That's what you want to do. Yeah, I get it. You don't want to see Justin Watson every week have 11 targets, but if he's going to have 11 targets, in two of them, you got to catch the ball on first down. And MVS, I get it. They say, oh, he catches that ball nine times out of 10 times, right? That's fine. That's a 90 percentile. But when you play teams like Philadelphia in games like that, that's when you can't have the drop. That's where you beat yourself. 
that's where you've got to make that catch. That's a big-time play in a big-time game. And what do we always say? Big-time players make big-time plays in big-time games. That is a cliche AF when it comes to that sort of thing. Dear Lord, I apologize for doing that. But again, the thing that's most important when it comes to this team is stop beating yourself, right? Last week against Philadelphia, we hammered the fact that Justin Watson dropped the fourth down in, or the fourth down in completion for a first down to continue the game, right? That's a lot of pressure to put on a guy that's not normally in that situation, nor should he. But you're on a team and a system that is very well polished and, you know, pines on trying to be perfectionist in those moments. You weren't. MVS, yes, drops the deep ball that would have tied the game. And a lot of people said the difference in that game was Devonta Smith caught the one on the corner of the end zone that almost went for a touchdown. MVS dropped it. That's a seven-point swing. The other thing is your stars messed up in that game, right? Big-time players make big-time plays in big-time games. Most of an interception in the end zone, and Travis Kelsey fumbled inside the 10. Those are facts. That cannot happen, right? That just cannot happen. You've got to clean up those mistakes because if you look at it, right, you lost to Philadelphia 24 to 17. You lost by seven points. Let's say that you just got field goals on the interception and the fumble by Kelsey and Mahomes. Let's say you just got six total points out of that. Now, at the end of the game, when you're only down by one, you're not trying to get the home run. You're just trying to run a methodical two-minute offense, go down there, kick the field goal, go up by two, and trust your defense to get the job done. But you didn't. You didn't score in the second half. You left your defense hung out to dry. They only give up 24 points to a dominant offense in Philadelphia, which is great. But again, the defense needs a little bit of help. Just like that Patriots defense, you know, needed a little bit of help. Was that not the score, 24-17? Philadelphia, Kansas City? Am I wrong about that? Maybe I am. I thought that was the final score. 21-17. My apologies. 21-17. Let me ask you a question. A hypothetical scenario, which one would you rather have in, with this year's team? Chiefs are up by four and the, a team like the Eagles gets the ball and have a chance to run a two-minute offense, or the Chiefs are down by two, and you give Patrick Mahomes the chance to run a two-minute offense. Which one do you feel like you have a better chance of winning? In this situation, this season? Your scenarios were what again? The Chiefs, the Chiefs defense has to stop a field goal, or the Chiefs offense has to go score a touchdown. Defense. Isn't that crazy? Well, I mean, times have changed. Right? I know. You drafted well on the defensive side. You've got two lockdown corners. You have a defensive line that's dominant, and a mini Hugh, Chris Jones, Carl Loftus, Mike Dana, all those guys. Leo Chenault looks a little bit better. Your offensive side, that's the difference between the two teams. You have zero questions on the defensive side, right? Like, you don't have anybody in question on the defensive side. Like we've done in the past, where corners might just, you know, you have one corner, you have to trust the cornerbacks. I don't know if they can stop a wide receiver. No wide receiver won over 100 yards. The defensive line, sack nation, right? Chris Jones coming off the bye against Philadelphia looked electric. Five sacks in the first half, one turnover. Looked great. The other thing that's different about this is that when you look at the offense, like if you've got to march down the field in a two-minute warning, go get a field goal late. I don't know because I don't know what guy is going to be dependent on catching the ball or what guy is going to try to do it because the Chiefs continue to beat themselves. Detroit, beat yourself. Denver, beat yourself. Philadelphia, beat yourself. 
Looked great in the first half. Looked like you would answer the call. Looked like your offense was moving. 17 points. You know, Jalen Hurts, I think, was four for five for like 65 yards in the first half. Something around those numbers. And then you go into the second half, and you just completely went away. Your defense was still out there. Only gave up 21 points. You lost 21 to 17 for the 9-1-3. I apologize. But again, stop beating yourself. There are many games that were out there that you can win, that you should have won, that you lost to dominant teams. Philadelphia, Detroit, Denver, you turn the ball over five times. Denver's not going to give you the ball back. They know how to hold the ball. That's what Russell Wilson does. Third and four, barely gets a first down. Five more minutes of having the ball. Time of possession, not your friend. Turnovers, drops, not your friend. All of that is beating yourself. So, yes, I trust this defense to stop a team with two minutes left and they only need to get a field goal to tie it as opposed to I trust this offense to go down and get a three-point field goal to win the game. Now, can that all be fixed? Possibly, but the reality is we have to look at it. We're in week 12. It hadn't been fixed yet. You had a short week. You traveled to Vegas, got there yesterday. You said you're going behind the scenes trying to get things going. Just tough, man. Stop beating yourself, and it looks different. Now, again, you're still – now, right now, Miami has an extra game, so right now you're the three seed. That'll switch real fast if you can beat Vegas today where the Chiefs are eight-and-a-half-point favorites on the road to the Raiders. But, again, you, uh, you, you're at the point now where you're no longer in the front of the road. You're in the third passenger seat. you got to pass the Dolphins and then keep pressure on the Ravens, who still have a bye week, still have a tough schedule, and they got to play the Chargers on the road tonight – and a tough matchup, I think, that will be a back and forth. Because, again, now this is their full game without their number one target in Mark Andrews. They're also beat up at receiver. Back in on After Hours. Here till 12. Jay Binkley in the 11 o'clock hour around 11.15. We'll get him into here to talk college football. Have him rank his favorite soups. Which leads me to the question of, is chili considered a soup? Why would it not be? Unless you're going to make, like, chili is just chili and we're going to move on. Well, I just think it's, like, in its own category. Like, it's it's by itself. Because you can make different styles of chili. Yeah. Right? You can make, like, a white bean chicken chili. You can make, like, a turkey chili. You can uh, you can, you can can make different variations of chili. I just didn't know if it was considered a soup. I mean, I think, it, I think it's a soup. It just, you know, it's a kind of soup. Yeah. I don't know. Because I think a soup, I think of, like, broccoli cheddar, potato, um... You know, chicken noodle. And then I think of, like, chili is like, you know, it's like a more meaty style of dish. It's like, you know, a cheeseburger is a sandwich, but you don't call it a sandwich. No. It's like chili. Chili is a soup. You just don't refer to it as a soup. 913 says three categories, soup, stews, and chili. That's fair, right? All warm dishes. Great day for soup, by the way. Last night was a great night for soup as well. I... Uh, took full advantage of that. Now, to be fair, we can pull another slang card out. Hit it. Okay. Yeah, we know that one. Uh, this one says whip, W-H-I-P. A car. A hoopty, scraper, wheels, float, an expensive, high-status car. Um, a hot rod. A pimp mobile. See also ghost ride the whip. Rims, dubs, swangers, elbows, glass feet. If you like these skates, you should see my whip. Is the quote. 
Somebody from the 913 says, I've never heard chili referred to as a soup by anyone on the planet. I've never I've never called it a soup, but I don't know how you could not. It's just chili. Yeah, chili's just chili. Yep. I don't know. Dusty, this is G, baby. Do you think the Saints will win today? And if Baltimore lose today, would be tied for first. Hashtag trap game. Well, you know me, G, baby. I don't believe in trap games, but we can't go over the NFL slate today, which is kind of a mix between what is divisional games and what's also, um, you know, interesting matchups. The first one today, Jacksonville to Houston. Houston wins that game. The AFC South belongs to them. They would then have two wins over Jacksonville. Um, I believe they would have identical records. The tiebreaker would then um, go to Houston. They won way back in the season. They would be 7-4, Jacksonville 7-4, that game in Houston. That's kind of an interesting matchup, right? Like, that's a game where, like, if C.J. Stroud wins, he's already got rookie of the year, I think, completely locked up. But if C.J. Stroud wins that game against Jacksonville, they are then in first place in the AFC South. They are a top-four seed. Then you can really have a serious MVP category uh, conversation. Every year there is a team that goes from worst to first in their division. Mm -hmm. The Texans are on track to be that team. Were they worse than, yeah, they had to have been. They yeah, they had yeah. the, yeah. Yeah. That's how they got Stroud. They had the number two pick. Another uh, divisional matchup in the noon slate, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. This game's going to be a little bit messy. 85% chance of some moisture falling from the skies. Uh, seems like it could be a, a heavy run game. Pittsburgh has... Two solid options at running back. Jalen Warren, obviously the rookie out of Oklahoma State, looks like he's kind of emerged as their trusty go-to guy. Now, Najee Harris still out carries him, it seems, week in and week out. But again, this is a game in which uh, Cincinnati basically can be buried. They're already fourth in the AFC North at a 5-5 five and five record. Steelers are third with a 6-4 and four record. Baltimore obviously leads that division behind them. Cleveland behind them, Pittsburgh, and then dead last Cincinnati. Speaking of worst to first or first to worst, there's another one for you. Uh, Jake Browning will go for, Cle- or for uh, Cincinnati. I just, look, Cincinnati can't stop anybody on defense, and that's a defensive line that will probably absolutely eat against an offensive line in Cincinnati. Tough day for Jake Browning. I mentioned on the Fantasy Football Sunday show, uh, brought to you by Twin Peaks, each drinks scenic views, that this is a game in which I could see Cincinnati turning the ball over twice, could see Pittsburgh getting out to an early lead, like a 17-3 lead, 17-0, and then just heavily run the ball. So, I mean, I really like the Steelers in this matchup. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road to Cincinnati. Um Pittsburgh is plus 11 in turnover differential, and yeah. it is like the one thing that's kept them in so many games. Yeah, I mean, they like we said, they have a 6-4 and four record. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, 6-4 and four record, and they're, like, statistically numbered-wise, they're, they're not really at the top of the pack in anything except for takeovers, which is a key thing to have. Yeah. But, like, 21st against the run, 24th against the pass. Offense, they're, like, 26th. In, I mean, they just fired their offensive coordinator, which is a long time coming. But, again, it's just it's one of those – Weird anomalies. They remind me a lot of the Minnesota Vikings last year. Yeah, where it's it. If you look at individual numbers, and you would think that this team is two or three games below five hundred, you think their record should be flipped. Right. But somehow they have stayed in so many games until the very end, and they just keep winning. Another one that's interesting that's a divisional battle is Saints at Falcons. Uh, Falcons coming off a bye. They're four and six. Saints five and five. They are first in the NFC South. Falcons are second. So first place implications on this game where. Uh, below 500 could be leading that division. 
Uh, a lot of people picked the Saints early on in the season over seven and a half wins. They picked him to win that division uh, as well. Falcons coming off a bye. The over-under in this game, 41 and a half. Falcons, two-point dogs at home to the Saints. Um, look, man, Derek Carr, Desmond Ritter, Alvin Kamara, Bajan Robinson, Chris Olave, Drake London. Olave and London went in the same draft, both potentially high uh, upside receivers. Olave been a little bit better than Drake London this year. That's just because the coach in Atlanta doesn't know what the hell he's doing with that roster. Drake London has 61 targets. Chris Olave has 94. Right? Um, 657 yards for Chris Olave, 474 for Drake London, who both averaged the same amount of yardage almost, 11.7 and 11.8. So the production is both there for both guys. But again, I don't trust Atlanta. I just don't trust that system and that coach. I don't think he knows what he's doing. You have a guy like a Bajan Robinson, who's a stud, who the last game you gave him the ball 22 times. He ran it for 95 yards and a touchdown. Prior to that, they just don't use that guy. He's their most athletic player on the field. They and don't even use Drake London. And we're, yeah, I was getting to that. We're talking about a team that's full of just stud athletes, right? Bijan, Drake, London, Pitts. I mean, that that offense should be, you know, maybe not good, but at least explosive. That team, you know, maybe they, they go three and out a lot, but man, they've got a lot of highlight plays because, right. you know, they just got so many athletes. And that defense, you know, especially early in the season was at least decent. Yeah. They weren't getting pushed over by anybody, but now we've gotten to the point where their offense has so stagnant that that defense is now breaking. I think the three o'clock slate is better than the 12 o'clock slate. Usually is right. Not always. Cause a lot of times you get like Dallas, New York, you'll get like, uh, you know, Arizona and Seattle, you get those type of games. But this week you get Cleveland, Denver. That's, Sneaky good game, right? Cleveland, good team out of the north, second place. Got a good defensive line. Got a good defensive secondary. Russell Wilson, seven touchdowns, zero interceptions in his last four weeks. Thrown for over 650. Hasn't really turned the ball over at all. But they play a very good, challenging team in the in the in the sense or in the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you know, when it comes to that, when you look at the other ones, L.A. the Cardinals, like that looks like it could be an offensive explosion. The over-under is 45 and a half. I think I like the over in that game. Kyler Murray's been decently good since he's been returned uh, from the injured list. Rams will have Cup and Nakua going. Kyron Williams is back as well. Matt Stafford healthy too. Buffalo, Philadelphia at 325 as well. There'll be a lot of channels switching back and forth. Or if you're going to do red zone with the Chiefs on, you'll pay attention to that. You want Buffalo buried and gone. Get them out of here. Let Philadelphia win. Let Philadelphia do their thing. Be the top team in the NFC and maybe meet them again in February. Chiefs, Raiders at 325 as well. And then uh, the 720 game tonight, Ravens at Chargers. Right, everybody's going to see what it's like to, to hate Justin Herbert when he can't get it done against the Ravens. Everyone in Kansas City is going to say, come on, L.A., one time. Go be that team. Because this is, to me, this is it for Brandon Staley. If he wins this game, I think that just prolongs his firing to the end of the season. I think he's done after the end of the year, no matter what. I don't think anybody really wants to fire their coach midseason. I don't think the Raiders want to do it, and they ended up doing it, right? I don't think Carolina wants to do it, but if Frank Wright gets blown out today by Tennessee, they're going to fire him today or tomorrow. I guarantee it. I don't know if he makes it through the rest of the season. It's just been a disastrous relationship and a small sample size for Frank Wright, Frank Wright, who is one in nine. I think for the Chargers, when a coach, who's especially who's been there for a while, sort of 
lets it loose against the media, sort of explodes yeah, against a, re- a reasonable question, by the way. I mean, it was it was just asking, are you going to keep calling defense? It wasn't like yeah. a personal attack or anything. And when a coach like that explodes onto you, I think you know that the writing's on the wall at that point. Yeah, it's just one of those things where, like, somebody who's normally a introvert becomes an extrovert out of nowhere. That's a red flag because you can kind of tell that he's pressing. But the other thing that I don't know is I don't follow the Chargers media. How many times has that one guy asked that question? Right? How many times has he been like, so you still feel comfortable with the defense next week? So you're still okay being the manager of the defense? And then finally it was like, I'm broke. Here we go. I'm going to let it all out. But if the Baltimore Ravens blow out the Chargers, like we're saying like 38 to 10, something like that, gone. He won't make it to Tuesday. He'll just move on. Um. But again, that's uh, that's the slate. Then Monday night, what a boring game. Bears at Vikings, and they could have flexed that game out. Like you could have put, I don't know, I don't know what you might replace there. You, and there's not a whole lot, maybe that you could because of what was the holiday week uh, with all those games that got played as well. As obviously the Packers beat the Lions, Cowboys beat the Commanders, Seahawks lose to the Niners, and then the Dolphins. Uh, absolutely wax the Jets. Coming up on the other side, we wrap up this hour. We'll get into the 11 o'clock hour and talk about what was the college football slate. But on the other side, I want to talk a little bit more about these Chiefs in this wide receiver room because there are two wide receivers that won't be playing in this game, and there are questions and concerns that loom every single week. It's the same narrative, but it's a different sort of type of feel when it comes to that. That's Quentin. I'm Dusty. This is After Hours at 610 Sports Radio. You Get the one and done you want for your dog's monthly protection. Next Guard Plus, a Foxhole Honor Moxie Dectin and Pyrantal Chewable Tablets. Protects against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. All in one delicious beef flavored soft chew. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask your vet about Next Guard Plus Chews. We are back in town. I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. I hope you had plenty of time with your friends and your family. Um, it appears that Max Crosby could play. He's going to try and play. Uh, whether that is a, um, you know, whether that's a ploy to keep the Chiefs guessing, uh, we'll see. If not, uh, you know, how long will he play? And how effective will he be? Max Crosby, a game-time decision versus your Kansas City Chiefs, who, of important note, I will say, uh, will be without... Will be without Kadarius Tony, and also McCole Hardman. So we're back into this whole sort of, well... We're back into this whole situation of, all right, well, when is the... You know, when is the receiver going to step up? I feel like this is one of those situations where it's just either going to happen today or the rest of the season, you're just going to have the conversation. Look, it's week 12. You haven't seen it yet, right? Nobody's been that guy. There's been, you know, little outliers throughout the season of questioning of, you know, where this guy fits in. Why is this guy not getting in? And I think that where we lean on it, and I think where – Maybe I have a theory here that I don't know how truthful it necessarily is, but a lot of people, including myself, think out loud a lot and say, why does number four not get more reps? Are we missing something? 
is there something that we don't see unless you watch the All-22, right? Sean Barber, shout out. Like, do you have to watch the All-22? Or do you just look at the stat box that comes out every single week where it shows, or after every game, the offensive snap count, right? Why is Rasheed Rice only getting 40% of snap shares? Needs that to see that more. Why is Justin Watson getting 11 targets? I don't know. But this is the point in the season where you're approaching December. And one thing that I've always kind of alluded to is that December is when things are either unhealthy or should be 100% where they need to be. Where they need to be is by December, if you are healthy, your team should be fully polished and know exactly what your identity is. And the problem is that it seems that we talked about earlier is that they don't adjust to the adjusted. There's no questions on the defensive side, right? The defensive side of the ball is fine. Where the Chiefs find full focus and full concern is second half scoring and adjusting to what defenses are doing to that team. There's no secret Travis Kelsey is going to continuously be double covered. There's no secret that Travis Kelsey is going to be hit all the time before he can get open. And eventually you've got to give somebody, Travis Kelsey, some time to be able to breathe. Somebody's got to step up. You're all on this team together. You all know what the final goal is. You know how to get there from coaching staff to veterans that have been there and leaders that can get you in that direction. This team is obviously banged up at wide receiver where it can't afford any sort of injury. But yet again, there hasn't been any sort of, you know, production in that room. Someone's got to do that. Someone's got to become, you know, a red ass on offense. Someone's got to look number 15 in the eyes and in the soul and say, hey, here's the deal. I'm your guy. Trust me. I'll make sure it happens. Richie James will be active in this game and will be on the field. McCole Hardman, Canarius Tony will not be. And when everybody was saying, you know, in previous weeks, where is, you know, where is this guy? Where's this guy been? And the problem is protecting him. Why? He finally gets an uptick in, in production and he's back on the injured report. And when you look at this Chiefs wide receiver room and you look at where they stand when it comes to numbers, it's, it's quite sad, right? Travis Kelsey has 64 receptions. That's almost 30 more than the next guy. But your next guy in receptions is Rasheed Rice. That's been the quietest 36-catch, 420-yard receiving yards, and four touchdowns in a season. Rasheed Rice is second in the team in touchdowns, second in the team in wide receiver yards, and second in the team in receptions. Why have we not seen more of that? Why can't we get that more implemented into the offense? Throwing the ball seven times. If he's not getting open, then that's on my fault for not seeing that. And the text line says someone needs to someone needs fired for this debacle. No points in three second halves. Four makes a good catch and Reed immediately pulls him out of the game for like five plays. Again, maybe I'll do my homework after this game if it does go south. I don't think it will. I think you're eight and a half point favorites against a team that is definitely not as superior as you. You should definitely be able to handle business. Whether you win by nine, I don't know. But please stop dropping the ball. Please score in the second half, whether it's just 10 points. If you put up 17 in the first and 10 in the half and you win 27 to 10, you'll never hear a gripe from me again. But this is a week versus a team in your division that you can bury and you can really lock up the West this week with a win if it's not already locked up. But get them out of the picture. Move forward. Show some belief that you fixed the issues. You had a short week. You traveled. You played on Monday night, but you play a team that you have owned. 
Mahomes has lost one time to this team. Mahomes hasn't lost in back-to-back weeks since weeks two and three in the 2021 season. Figure it out. Stop beating yourself and go beat Vegas with a backup quarterback with a dinged-up defensive end that's one of the best in the league and an interim head coach who's been there for three weeks. They've beaten the Giants, the Jets. They hung around versus Miami, still lost. But again, just figure it out. It's catching the ball and scoring the second half. Two things that should easily be fixed with a team and an operation that is well-polished and well-prepared, you'd think, week in and week out. This is After Hours. That's Quentin. I'm Dusty Likens, 610 Sports Radio. Coming up on the other side, we get to the 11 o'clock hour. Jay Binkley will join us at 11.15 for the rest of the show. We'll get back into this matchup between the Raiders and the Chiefs, what needs to happen in this game for the Chiefs to be successful. We've talked about two things. We'll give you two more on the other side. This is After Hours, 610 Sports Radio.